Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation, woo! While chasing a Ferengi ship with stolen tech aboard, the Enterprise and Ferengi find themselves trapped by a mysterious planet outpost from a long-forgotten empire. From October 17th, 1987, it's Season 1, Episode 4, The Last Outpost, or... Well, they're not Romulans, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> oh, boy, will we. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are the Meth Generation. You can really see my alternate titles evolve over time because they used to just be like, like what Snarky. I wanted to call this episode was Atlantis, the Lost Empire. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know, I get, I'm, 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 I'm really most of this is going to be about my impressions of the Ferengi and how their visualizer apparently is glitching to put them on really jarring angles for no reason. <laughs> With white I was backgrounds. Like, did, he just, <laughs> did he just run forward 10 feet towards the camera and then hop back? Like, what's <laughs> happening? They're not good at it. It's against their custom. <laughs> right? Women uh, wearing clothing? What? That's, that is actually, that, that hangs on. That's very common. It's an incredibly sexist culture. Mm, fun. The women stay at home naked. They're not allowed clothing. Well, I hope their home world's warm. I... <laughs> oh, I mean, they set up some wonderful things for the Frangi. Not in this episode. There's not a fucking thing in this episode except for the sexism that stays because it was a train wreck. But <laughs> everyone thought it was a train wreck, including... <laughs> The people playing Ferengi. Fair. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, I should probably do the thing. Do it. Do the thing. On Stardate 41386.4, the Enterprise is in pursuit of a Ferengi vessel, which has stolen an energy converter from an unmanned Federation outpost. While the Ferengi were known to the Federation, this is the first contact with the species. And the Ferengi are thought to be similar technologically to themselves. As the chase passes through the planet Delphi Ardu 4's gravity, the Enterprise suffers a power drain and causes them to come to a screeching halt. After some awkward hailing, Jean-Luc realizes that the Ferengi are as confused as they are and are contending with their own power drain, which they believe has been caused by the Enterprise. Lieutenant Commander Data reports that the planet seems to have once been a remote outpost of the Takan Empire, and it became extinct 600,000 years ago. Picard contacts the Ferengi and gets them to agree to mutually explore the planet below to try and find the source of the energy drain. On the planet, the away team is momentarily... That was a fun one. Momentarily separated due to the effects of the energy field on the transporters. They regroup, but are attacked and bound by the Ferengi with kinky energy whips, who believe the Enterprise crew was planning to ambush them 
on their own. The away team break free and begin to exchange weapon fire, but the energy expelled is absorbed by the nearby giant fucking crystalline structures. Data, Data investigates the tree and awakens an entity that displays itself like a humanoid and calls itself Portal 63, Guardian of the Tacon Empire, played beautifully by Daryl Enriquez. Portal 63 asks the two groups if they seek to enter the Tacon Empire and does not comprehend when it is told that Tacon has long since disappeared. He goes, wait. Wait. What? <laughs> I'm, wait. I'm sorry. Wait. 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 What? This doesn't make any sense to me. What do you mean? <laughs> the Ferengi accuse the Enterprise away team of being a hostile force. Commander Riker admits that they are hostile to the Ferengi, inadvertently confirming humanity to indeed be hostile in the eyes of Portal 63. He steps forward, apparently ready to attack Riker and claims his species is barbaric, but Riker responds, fears the true enemy and only enemy, while not flinching as the attack comes just inches from his ear. Portal 63 accepts this and stands down from the challenge, satisfied that the Federation is civilized and allows the Enterprise to go free. It further offers Riker the opportunity to destroy the Ferengi vessel, but he declines on the grounds that the Ferengi would not learn anything from such an action. Both away teams return to their ships with power restored, and the Ferengi return the stolen energy converter. As a means of ironic thanks, Ryder sends the Ferengi a box of Chinese finger traps, a toy that had fascinated Data when he became stuck with one earlier in the mission. And so ends the last outpost. This is the Charlie X of this show. It's absolutely the Charlie X. With a little bit of trouble with but not Stonen. not because of why you're thinking, Cameron. <laughs> oh, is that so? Well, it is me. the Charlie X because this is the episode from season one most likely to be made into a porno very quickly. <laughs> not the naked now. No, that's a little too on the nose. We've got aliens with whips. Comments about women needing to be naked all the time. And if you just change it to Portal 69 and the Take Dong Empire, there you go. Easy. Uh, it's a walk in the park. I don't know why someone hasn't hired you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's done. Waiting to write Brilliant. porn over done. here. Thank you. Uh, although the episode title wouldn't be as uh, as good as Charlie Triple X. No. Um, you know, it'd be the last fuck post. I don't know. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. The last oh, Cameron, bowl. Cameron, Cameron. I feel I can. F I feel that when we, you know, when we take a big step into canon, when we meet something that's going to matter, and I feel that mostly because I've seen a lot of pictures of Ferengi. When you, um, when any, whenever people talk about next gen, Ferengi inevitably come up. It's always the Borg. Followed by Q and then Ferengi seem to be like the top three things that people mentioned to me. I mean, that's that's true. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to take forever to get to the Borg, so it really this will have to this will have to do me. It really won't. <laughs> it's actually going to take longer to get to the Ferengi in a meaningful way. Hmm. So here's the DL: the Ferengi were supposed to be this. Um, series answer to the Romulans, meaning that they were going to be a regular foil, but uh, 
it turned out so poorly that they were like, nah, fuck that shit. We're just going to use them for comedy. <laughs> oh, joy. <laughs> I was like, well, this ham-fisted critique of capitalism is going well. Yeah, not ham-fisted. Calamari-fisted. Calamari-fisted. The funny oh, look thing... look at our little screamy fingers. Ah, oh, we're so creepy. We're aliens. Ah! The funny thing is that the lieutenant down on the planet actually go out and goes on to become one of the main characters in Deep Space Nine. And he also hmm. plays a Ferengi. So, I mean, oh. it's not like they couldn't act. It's just they were, you know, given direction to jump up and down <laughs> like rodents. I was like, yeah, act like you're a Henson creation. <laughs> and not a good one. one that... Yeah, if you reach, it, it just rewatch the scene of Dance Magic Dance from Dark Crystal. Um, sorry, Labyrinth. I'm so sorry. From the Labyrinth. And uh, just act like any fucking puppet that's hopping up and down in the background. And you're there. Yep. Done. Nailed it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's my, f- my first my first note on this episode is catcha you space cockroach because <laughs> that's what their ship looked like to me. I was like, is that a is that a space cockroach? What's happening? It's a horseshoe crab. Mm, that that it is. Once it turned around, I was like, not a cockroach. <laughs> not a cockroach. It's a horseshoe crab. Um. Yeah, no, I. I mean. Go figure. Well, what did you love? What did you love, Cameron? What did you love about this episode? I loved the quotes. I loved the, uh, <laughs> I loved Data with the Chinese finger trap. I, uh, there are all kinds of things, just little things that I love. I mean, these characters, getting to see them develop again is always fun for me. But God damn it, this was just a garbage fire. <laughs> Yankee trader. No, Yankee Candle. We're saying you smell nice. <laughs> Human. <laughs> Everything is so bad in this episode, we keep nothing. Except the sexism and the worship of capitalism. It is nice. It is interesting to see a spacefaring race that has expanded this far to become intergalactic traders. Yeah. Because... You know, that's a little more realistic <laughs> than, than this this whole utopia thing. Um, just given is the, that your the definition of, of utopia is no money? <laughs> no, I think that that's how they, they pass themselves off as utopian. Um, I don't think... I think that money isn't bad. Money's very efficient. Um, economic systems can be gamed and manipulated by... Uh, governmental and corporate means in cahoots cronyism as it were capitalism is a is an economic reality not a philosophy <laughs> capital exists people have it we trade for it capitalism is not uh, really a philosophy it's kind of misrepresented like that uh but uh, no money's just money's efficient uh you know i mean they even talk about there's there's replicator credits right only on voyager cr- okay well oh oh that's where that came into my noggin mm-hmm. huh. boy yeah not anywhere else just because they literally have nowhere to refuel um <clears throat> in case anyone was wondering this is real dan unlike fake dan that was on the last episode of 20 minutes of banter this is real dan <laughs> this is real dan the libertarian tirade just proved it and in case you're wondering in the future 
It's just it's just efficient. Money's just efficient. That's why people started using it. It's more efficient than bringing your cow with you we, everywhere just in you. case you need to pick something up. We got you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we we love you and appreciate you for exactly who you are. What did you love about this episode, Dan? Wow, you had a short list. You really don't like this episode. No, no. Um, it's, it's a dumpster fire. I appreciated meeting a new alien culture, even if it was handled poorly. I liked seeing I liked seeing Riker leading away team and him being smart about it. Um I did question whether or not any of them had their phasers or if Yar had all of them because <laughs> she seemed to be the only one who was quick on the draw and then suddenly they all have phasers and I'm like, wait, what what? Is that what security officer is? They just walk around with phasers like strapped across their chest like fucking Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. Uh, uh I did appreciate Jean Luc being French. The more appropriate order of the colors. I was like, oh, God. I love it, but I hate it. <laughs> um, but you love and, it. Uh, and actually, it was well-paced and a good twist that it wasn't... That each each ship thought the other was draining their power, but it was really the planet. That yeah. was... Like, it's plotted and paced well. It makes sense. Sends up a good moral quandary. Shows them in opposition to creatures that are different from them, um, not just aesthetically, but on a values, uh, ethics kind of way. This is, on paper, this is a good Star Trek episode. Absolutely. This is what Star Trek is about. Um, and seeing a lost empire like this and <laughs> old Portal 63, the, uh, <laughs> you know, fucking halberd axe glaive wielding old man in the fucking crystalline tree i guess <laughs> i kind of liked him i mean i do too uh, and i love how how much they're trying to pay homage to the original series i mean this set even kind of looked like it and it warmed my heart oh yeah it really did i was like oh where'd you dust this one off from foam rocks foam rocks foam rocks <laughs> foam crystals but i really did love the uh like rivers of of smoke that were flowing. Mm -hmm. That was lovely. Yeah. <clears throat> I do appreciate any time what we as humans would consider uh, aesthetically unappealing. Ugly-ass Ferengi are like, oh, humans are so gross looking. <laughs> Just gross. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> Call them mid-wharf. That's funny. <laughs> Did you see that text from Maya just now? No. She just texted us a picture of Worf's head on the midwife from Call the Midwife. <laughs> that's oh, pretty funny. That's fantastic. Um, I do, I do like that Riker has had to say, uh, "Can you spare Worf?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you mean the guy from the warrior culture? You want him to go down to the planet where shit might, where you might have to rumble?" Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he is really good at driving now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh Jordy materializing upside down. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Are you conscious? Do I look conscious? <laughs> I I can <laughs> Dick. Uh on a Jordy note, I forgot to say that one of my favorite things from episode two 
was when he was saying he's never seen a rainbow. I immediately said out loud, except a reading rainbow. <laughs> I did too. <sighs> Anyways. Um, I, I I did like the quotes a lot. I liked that we got some 60s fighting in. Yeah, we did. Um, and... Uh, is there and and I liked I really liked Riker. I think Riker's a good good uh, number one, a good away team leader, and a good uh, man of action, and a man of quiet contemplation when he needs to be. I think he's got uh, he's got swagger. He's got confidence. I'm uh, you know I'm into it. Yeah, you feeling it? I'm I'm feeling the Riker love. <laughs> you know, I think he's uh, he's dreamy. He's pretty dreamy. You know, I think uh, I would like uh, I'd like to pump the frakes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well done. I thank you. I thank you. <laughs> Although I think um, maybe pump the frakes should be my term for when when Riker needs to stop doing something. <laughs> pump the frakes. <laughs> it can be it could be either. Yeah. It can swing mm, both ways, as it were. Just like Riker. <laughs> yeah! Uh, this is very much uh. a... Um, well, I'm just trying to dance around before we get to the bad, because I, I don't know who the Ferengi are supposed to be racist against. They seem like, like a really... Um, they just, they seem, mm, they just, oof, they're bad. They're bad, Cameron. They're I, real bad. They, I know. They're a joke. And maybe it's just my terrible human mind, but I'm like, okay, writers in the 80s, who were you like, you know who's a problem? I don't, because it, it, it really feels like a racist caricature of some amalgam of, I don't know. I was, it, it bothers me. I've always liked to think <laughs> that they were racist against rich old white guys, but- that's why yeah, there's so much, <laughs> so much of this. So much money. So much... <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> the the file down teeth. Um yeah, it would have been great if they were just like a bunch of old white guys in suits. <laughs> still doing the this real shit. Still Ferengi. doing the finger grinding shit though. <laughs> and the Right. <laughs> but the 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 teeth and the ears and the brow and, and all that shit. And I'm the like, well, at least brain. And the four-lobed brain, but at least they didn't uh, just make them look like slightly different Klingons, and we're like, it's a totally different species, like the uh, Romulans and the Vulcans, where I'm like, oh, come on! That's just you being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Ferengi are, they are, I think they needed to pick something. Make it sexism, or make it capitalism. Make it se- Make them a critique of like the one thing and make that sort of a defining cultural trait, and then you'd be a little more focused and a little more believable instead of, these are just garbage people. <laughs> these creepy little fucks are the worst. <laughs> they are. That's why, that's why I like to think that they're racist against old, rich, white guys, because, you know, love the money, don't love the women, don't love anyone other than the old white guys making decisions. So, because The whips were weird, they but were. I kind of like them. <laughs> They were, they're awful. Are you kidding me? It's the worst fucking weapon I've ever seen. 
I'm going to have an energy <laughs> weapon that I can shoot at you, but instead of just being able to push a button and shoot it at you, I'm going to have to go here. <laughs> okay, but the fucking lampreys from Ponfar you thought were just swell. They're fine. I didn't say they were great. I'm saying they're a traditional weapon, which is not necessarily a good design. Ugh. Ugh. Christ. <laughs> this is why we don't do two show days anymore, Cameron. Because <laughs> we can't this handle it. This right here. Because <laughs> um, then we bicker. Now, and it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm interested how a trading merchant... They seem like merchant marines, basically, but how a trading pirate-type culture has remained hidden from everyone. Like, who are they trading with is my question because they're known to the Federation. They must be on the out, the outer edge of known space. They must have their own territory. But you would think new life would be new people to trade with for them. So I'm wondering why they've been so elusive and unknown. I don't know. Bad writing. <laughs> Wow, that is the first time that you've ever just lobbed it back at me like that before. Usually it's like, well, I like to think, or my head cannon, or invade a cannon. You're just like, nah, Frangi suck. <laughs> and they don't, but in this episode, they really do. They're just they're just the worst. So It literally you... destroyed their plans for an entire series, this episode. <laughs> yeah, in the writer's room after this episode was shot, they're like... So we gonna bring Q back? <laughs> <laughs> you sure you don't want the Klingons as enemies again? Because I mean, we could just have like a rogue faction of them or something. I don't. These guys, these guys aren't great. They're not great. Well, and I mean, I, I love the design of them. I think it's fascinating and a really unique twist on the humanoid alien. But I just, ugh, god damn it. <laughs> Bipedal. Mm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see who wrote this garbage fire. Oh, Herbert Wright. He actually did. Are you mad? No, I mean, he did some really great stuff. Not this episode, but he did do some really great stuff. But, yeah, it just... It's a disaster. I mean... From the moment the voice comes on, all the mystery is lost. Everything that this episode was building goes away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's just like that cartoon that's been going around where, you know, someone's sitting on a couch and everything else is on fire. And they're like, this is fine. It's a dog sitting at a table and you know it. <laughs> I, I don't, Dan. I'm trying to avoid lawsuits. Really? No. Because we're going to get a lawsuit? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> People would have to listen and care for a lawsuit to be coming. Um, uh, start making that money, Daniel. <laughs> you got to get that money. <laughs> got to be a producer. You got to be a producer. And you got to make titted cat ladies. <laughs> Three titted betazoids. <laughs> Open on the three-tittied chest of a Betazoid. Yeah, it's me, Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing Greasy Gary. It's terrible. But it's so funny. 
but she's also okay so i don't want to give too much away but uh marina sirtis talked on record about troy's costumes and how much she hated them uh when mm. she was cast they told her she was too fat to be in the spacesuit which is ridiculous it's mean it's it's horrifying but then she goes on record saying that there is an un <laughs> there is an agreed upon but unwritten rule in Hollywood that as soon as women get cleavage, their brain cells go away. And so she's like, I spent several seasons as soon as my cleavage came without brain cells, and I became like a decorative potted plant on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's But then later she actually does get to wear the spacesuit and all her brains come rushing back. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. I get the feeling that the writers just don't know what to do with her. They yet. don't. They don't. And it's something that they, I mean, in some cases, never actually figured out because they're like, "Let's have a psychic on the bridge." Oh shit, we have a psychic on the bridge. How are we supposed to maintain any kind of dramatic tension because she's psychic? Well, let's just make her an empath. A what? Trust me. It's something that everyone in like 20 years will be claiming to be online. And that's why they can't handle your negativity. <laughs> Are you not an empath, Dan? I think that everyone is empathic to some extent, unless you're a sociopath. But everybody who's <laughs> posting about, I'm an empath, so I need X, Y, and Z. I'm like, just, just quit. Just stop it. <laughs> I have I have no empathy for anyone who's posting about how they're an empath. I was gonna say your sociopath is showing. <laughs> I drink black coffee and gin. I'm at the same time. That's the problem. Wow, what does that taste like? Well, you know, it's two different camelbacks, Burnt two different tree straws. Ass. <laughs> Burnt tree ass. Mm, it's my rapper name. I I find Deanna. A missed opportunity, but we'll see. I think just every episode is going to be, what are you sensing? And then they're going to just go, thanks. <laughs> it's not really going to affect or change anything, but you can tell Riker's just like elbowing Picard. And he's like, oh, yeah. Um, what are you sensing, counselor? <laughs> there, are you happy? And Riker's like, thank you. <laughs> She just wants to feel included. She just God. wants to feel. She just wants to feel. <laughs> she literally has all the feels. She does oh my have God. all the feels, especially, especially in the last episode. She had all the feels. So many feels. But so Jonathan feels. Frakes gives Marina a lot of shit about her first season. He used to just walk up to her and be like, hey, aren't you the one that feels shit? That's funny. <laughs> aren't you the one that feels shit <laughs> aren't there so uh, aside from Gene and Nigel have there been any other marriages that have resulted from Star Trek I'm sorry who Nigel Nigel <laughs> Nigel Beret <laughs> you mean the Nigel? computer voice lady yeah sure why not <laughs> um, yeah aside from those two does any did anybody else meet their meet their honey no wow Damn. I know. It's a bummer. Mm, it is what it is. But there are eight best friends because of this series. So The eight best friends that anyone's ever had. Uh, <laughs> this episode is great on paper, 
bad in execution. Oh, just um, just the worst. <laughs> we did get another Yar Queen moment, which was we good. We did get but... another Yar Queen moment. I mean, there are several things to like about this episode, but it's just tainted by how awful everything else is. I just cannot get over how they use they switch to visual communication, and in some shots the Ferengi is like an inch away from the camera, and others he's like ten feet back. And I just imagine him running around, being like, "Look, look! Can you see me on the screen, other Ferengi? Isn't this weird? Look!" And he's like getting super close. <laughs> we never, far away. we never do this. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we had this setting. Well, come on. It that didn't even bother me as much as the fact that it's literally a white fucking back background behind him it's like where are you we blew all our budget on their uh, head prosthetics what do you want from us <laughs> they could have just shot it in a different in like a wing of the enterprise <laughs> like they wait a minute are they on board just slap some orange paint on it that matches their skin tone mm-hmm. wash them out real good wash them out <laughs> you're good that's that's the ferengi ship but no yep, it's a white go. background on the outside, it looks like a horseshoe crab, but on the inside, it looks like the Apple Store. <laughs> Except there's nothing in it. Yeah, they exactly. must use their four-lobed brains to control this and un- control this horseshoe crab. Yeah, right. I want to see the inside of a Ferengi vessel. Well, uh, yeah, not a great one, but there are some fun quotes. There are some fun quotes. I concur. Mm-hmm. Conquer. Yeah. When everyone's dying from no oxygen. Where's Wesley? (laughs) He's in our quarters. I was tempted to give him a sedative. You shouldn't. I know, but he's my son. I love him. He has the right to meet death awake. Is that a male perspective? Rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We got some. We got a little. Uh, we got a little Beverly Jean Luc action. We do still and on the ship. It's nice, you know. Little little slashy slash. I love when he uh, when they restore power. They wake up and she like lovingly checks his pulse. I and know. Like, oh damn. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> They're getting into it real quick. Uncle who <laughs> says war. <laughs> My uncle Sam Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sam Pickard. Okay. <laughs> Something to write home about. Oh, Data. <laughs> Yankee traitors. I like the sound of that. <laughs> what have bright primary colors got to do with it? Ah, I understand the illusion. Colors representing countries at a time when they competed with each other. Red, white, and blue for the United States. Whereas... The French more properly use the same colors in the order blue, white, and red. I'm French, you can tell by the accent. <laughs> and the German. And the nation. German. Red, black, and gold. The Italians, green, white, and red. And the British. That's enough, Data. It was you who. <laughs> we were discussing the Ferengi. It was you who. It was you who. Data, Data, what are you you doing? (laughs) Apologies, Captain. I seem to have reached an odd functional impasse. I am uh, stuck. Then get unstuck and continue (laughs) with the briefing. You're slipping back into Connery, and I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yes, sir. Then get unstuck and continue with the briefing. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's even more Connery. (laughs) 
That's what I'm trying to do, but the solution eludes me. My hero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everyone's Uh. just a little sassy, and I love it. It's right. The empire is forever. Your empire fell to a supernova. (laughs) We are forever. (laughs) What? Wait. Are you guys fucking with me? (laughs) No. no. Because, like, no, I can't be. No. No, the Empire's forever. (laughs) Uh, My favorite quote was Riker saying, fear is the true enemy, the only enemy. (laughs) I, uh, my second favorite was Lieutenant Worf calling the (laughs) Ferengi pygmy cretins, which did not age well, but... At all. Mm. By any means. Yeesh. But I also loved the, uh, what of them? Shall I destroy them? (laughs) Then they would learn nothing. A most interesting conclusion. But what if they never learn Riker? Is this a test also? Hmm. In life, one is always tested. Yeah, great episode. Just with shitty aliens. Yep. It's it really is good if it weren't for the Ferengi of it all. <laughs> Truly. Immobilized by the damn Ferengi. <laughs> I just I'm waiting, man. I'm waiting for Worf to just kick someone's ass. It's gonna happen. It better soon. I want him to get the the you know, the fucking butt left. Yeah, whatever. The the yeah, the butt cleft. Um <laughs> Yeah, the little like the like silver bow looking thingy that looks unwieldy and impractical, but I'm sure there are people at cons who can use them expertly. They actually there was a branch of the military that started studying with them as an opportunity as as an actual weapon. The Marines, I believe. I think you're making that up. I'm not. I'll find I'll find my source material. Please, I want I I want you to share that on our Facebook page. I will. Find that article. Done. Done. Done, done, done. Um, you know, we could just bash the Ferengi for another ten minutes, but I don't <laughs> I don't think that'd be a wise use of anyone's time. No. No. Yeah. Especially since they get better. It's just this first introductory episode. Well, Cameron, how many um impractical yet sexy energy whips would you give this? (laughs) I would give it two impractical yet sexy energy whips. How about you, Dan? I would say two as well, but only so I could have one in each hand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Calamari fingers. It's like they can't. It's like they're do. It's like they're doing a flaily Mr. Burns. Yes. Like imagine the Mr. Burns, excellent. But then take your palms apart, and then and then just kind of like ring them around. But then but finger dance a little, and add some shoulders and some head movement right. from your shoulders. Just let everything fly. Right. Yeah, we call it the four lobe locomotion. <laughs> the four locomotion. Yeah, there you go. New, the Ford locomotion. <laughs> That's just a train. You're selling us a train, Ford. <laughs> but it runs on diesel. Yep. Yep. The Ferengi would be proud. They would. 
<sighs> well, uh, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. Um, we will be back the next episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where no one has gone before. That's true. Mm-hmm. I guess that just leaves one last thing for me to you. For me to... <laughs> I give up. I give up. I'm going home. That leaves one last thing for me to do, and that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. Ugh, keep on trying. <laughs> I'm going to break you. I'm going to see how many times it takes for you to actually appreciate that instead of going, ugh. I'd say three seasons. I'm guessing it'll take three seasons before I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Make it so. We shall see. Oh, God. I, I just realized I forgot to ask you what you think about Counselor Troy's new outfit. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think about her outfit as much as I think about her. I don't do it often because it just causes pain. <laughs> was she better in these two episodes? She's better. She's still. I don't really understand why she's there, though. It's like, what? What are you? What are you sensing from them? Confusion. Great. Well, that helps. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, I get she's useful, but I also ship's counselor. I mean, is she supposed to be the diplomatic expert? Is she supposed to help people? deal with their own problems. I don't really understand what her function she is. She helps people deal with their own problems. That's someone who needs to be on the bridge at all times. Like, hey, we need the therapist here. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.